Hello, and welcome to The Woods, a podcast about the mysterious, the legendary, and the plain weird, because you never know what you'll find in the woods. I'm Shaznay. And I'm Sandy. Feliz Dia de los Muertos. Happy Day of the Dead. Yes, I got your chicken nuggets. You did? Yes. You told me that, but I'm so I know, excited. <laughs> because I love you. Also, I got you another present. I got you presents too. Okay, but I want to go first. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, so... My friend, who you know about, he moved. And I went over to his house to pick up this lovely corkboard that will now hold all of our podcast ideas. But he was also giving away some books. So I saw these and I thought of you. And I know nothing about the subject. So I'm hoping they're ones you want or ones you like. I have no idea. I have no idea what it, okay. what this would be. So, oh gosh. I got you these. Oh, sweet. She got me comic books. <laughs> I'm pumped. Oh They're like gosh. a really nice comic, which is yes. why I picked them up. And I know that oh Marvel comics God. can be a bit expensive. So. They totally are. And I was just like thinking like not too long ago how like, man, I haven't read comic books in years, like since high school because I'm too poor to buy them and I'm too lazy to go to the library. So... Thank you, because now I get to read comic books. I was just way ahead of you. <laughs> this is so awesome. Okay, um, I have gifts as well. They're not as cool, I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. But I appreciate anything. I very much thought of you for obvious reasons. Yay! It's your Halloween Day of the Dead gifts. So. <gasps> Yay! Ah! <laughs> this is so exciting! <gasps> Okay, well, first I got Cadbury mini eggs. Thank you so much. Halloween themed. Halloween themed. There's little spiders on them. And I got Day of the Dead Lip Smacker. Best flavor ever. It doesn't really say... Oh, it's pumpkin spice? I don't know. It's in French. <laughs> Anyways, I think I'm it's like a... pumpkin spice brulee or something like that. Okay. Oh, it looks so cute. Thanks so yeah. much. Yeah, my work had them, but they were in the Halloween section, and I was like... This isn't Halloween. You're like, you obviously don't listen to my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Um, oh, what else did we have? Okay. Oh, um, a little apology, but a big thank you to any of our listeners who are still with us after the last two episodes. Just in general. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had some technical difficulties with recording, and hopefully this one sounds a lot better. Um, we are just dumb people, so... <laughs> Don't mind us. And uh, a personal apology because I am sick, so if I die... <laughs> Please don't die in the middle of recording. I get it's Day of the Dead, but chill. <laughs> take it a bit too literally. Yeah, like, don't take it that far, please. We would like to give a special te- thanks to our friend. I call her Gabriela. Everyone else calls her Gabby. Uh, but she drew marvelous fan art that I posted on the Instagram. Yeah, she's also done, um, she made a picture for us before, uh, that we posted early on, and eventually she's gonna do our photography, so we are pumped. She's the best. Also, she's here in the studio. I am. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi. She's our, our assistant for tonight, and she's keeping us company while we talk about paranormal and scary things. Yeah. Because it can get really scary sometimes. Yeah. Oh, that reminds (laughs) me. I should pull up my notes. Um, do we have anything else we have to mention? I don't know. Let's mention Dylan just for the hell of it. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Dylan. All right. So, do we want to dive right in? Spook me. 
Alright, here I go. So, the legend of El Chupacabra comes from Latin American origins. Its name comes from the Spanish word chupa, which means suck, and cabra, which means goat. So the name is just really literal, like a goat sucker, chupacabra. It was first spotted in Puerto Rico and has a bad habit of killing people's livestock by sucking all of their blood out from their bodies and leaving only their dried up carcass. So its first reported attack was in Mocha, Puerto Rico in March of 1995, which I didn't know it was that recent. No, I thought this was old. Yeah, but no, the first report was in 1995. Eight sheep were found with three puncture holes in the chest area and they were completely drained of blood. Then five months later, an eyewitness reported seeing a chupacabra in a small Puerto Rican town called uh, Canovanas. Which was around, and it was around that time that 150 animals were killed with the same puncture wounds as the first eight sheep. And by the end of that year, around 1,000 animals were killed by having blood drained from their bodies. So that's insane. It's a lot. Like, what, first, what animal could have done that? Yeah. Uh, like, just why? Mm-hmm. Um, so at the beginning, they thought that these attacks had to do with a satanic cult. I mean, fair. Yeah, so they're like, it's the Satanists that are draining the blood from our <laughs> livelihoods. Um, and before it was became known as El Chupacabra, it was known as the Vampire of Mocha. Uh, but it was changed to El Chupacabra in 1996 when the legend began spreading throughout Mexico. Uh, and many farmers noticed that the most common animal that fell victim to this creature were goats. These farmers were adamant that El Chupacabra was real and that they had to protect their livelihoods from being its meal. They would find piles of their animals' dead bodies with puncture wounds and completely dried up. Absolutely no blood, no hint of a struggle, and they found it troubling that their sheep and goats didn't make any sound before or during an attack. Which is weird. That is so weird. Because animals, like... They make sounds when they think they're in trouble. I make sounds when I think I'm in trouble. Yeah. No, they do. Like, yeah. No. Yeah, you're just right. Yes. They yes. do. <laughs> uh, so to this day, it's believed that El Chupacabra is a demon from hell who got here through some kind of portal from hell to this world. Fair. Yeah. So it's appearance. Uh, people who claim to see the Chupacabra claim that he is very reptile-like. He is said to have le- leathery and scaly skin. Uh, shaped spines or quills running down its back. It's said to be around four to five feet tall and it hops similar to that of a kangaroo. And I know it's supposed to be terrifying and I think I would be terrified if I saw that, but that's kind of funny to me. (laughs) Just it's hopping around like a kangaroo. Yeah. Yes. Another common description of the chupacabra is that it looks like a weird hairless wild dog. (laughs) It has a very curved spinal ridge and has fangs and claws. And that's the appearance that I grew up being told was how the El Chupacabra looked like. Yeah, that's what I always thought Yeah, too. so to me, it's a weird little demon dog. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have gotten close to him say that there is a strong sulfur-type odor. Ew. Yeah, but some say there's no smell, so who knows. Mm-hmm. His favorite hangouts tend to be all over Latin America, so catch you in Mexico, Chupacabra. <laughs> so there's a conspiracy theory surrounding the Chupacabra, which I didn't know about. But these days, what isn't a conspiracy theory? 
So because El Chupacabra has a strange appearance and a bizarre food choice that aren't typically found in nature, mainly or many conspiracy theorists believe that El Chupacabra was a genetic experiment by the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Why would the U.S. government want to create such a creature? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it could be used as a weapon. Maybe the government intended to unleash a swarm of chupacabras to destroy enemy countries and destroy their food supplies. Holy. Yeah. Or maybe just give them a bit of a spook. Get people on edge, you know? Why wouldn't the government want to do that? Or it could have been an accident. Perhaps the chupacabra experiment went horribly wrong and somehow it got loose. Or... Maybe it was an experiment that went horribly wrong, but they let it loose anyway to test its effectiveness. Thanks, U.S. government. Thanks, Obama. (laughs) Anyway, I'm sure Obama had nothing to do with it. No, it was before his time. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, there are Mexican conspiracy theorists that believe it wasn't the U.S. government that unleashed the beast, but the Mexican government. Mm. Uh, So apparently they unleashed the Chupacabra to distract the population from the social, economic, and political challenges that Mexico was facing. Mm. Yeah. Dad, any thoughts? We'll talk about later. (laughs) (laughs) So here are some sightings. And a lot of these are really recent, and I'm kind of (laughs) scared. So in February of 2017, so just a year ago, on Highway 185 and Guadalupe Road in Victoria, Texas... An eyewitness reported that they spotted the chupacabra. A local news station followed the tip and went to the site where the eyewitness saw it and found a dead animal lying on the side of the road. It was reported to have the paws of a dog but a body of a hyena. What the hell? Yeah, I I heard this one. Uh, That's like, ugh. I know. There's some, ugh. Ah, I don't like it. So, in March of that same year, in Olancho, Honduras, residents of Las Agujas found a dead bull without eyes or a tongue. What? I know. Later, they saw an ugly white animal prowling around that they believed was the chupacabra. Mm -hmm. No eyes and no tongue. That's, no, that's just, like, too fucked up. (laughs) Chupacabra, chill. Uh, Okay, so, this one is... Okay, I don't know how credible this video is. I don't think it's very credible. But a lot of the sources said that the Chupacabra does like to hang out in other places of the world. It just prefers Latin America. Mm-hmm. I understand. I think I prefer Latin America, too. It's they have warm pretty there. good food. Yes. Maybe it's... that's why they have just good food. They do. I've, I figured it out. Anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> in September of 2007, the Chupacabra was filmed all the way in Saudi Arabia. What? Yeah, so there's a video of... On YouTube. How do you get there? I don't know. Through a portal from hell? Or I don't know. Oh, sure. (laughs) Anyways. So there's a video on YouTube of a sheep herder that saw three figures walking in the desert. The herder explains that it was super odd because nothing ever wanders in that area. He thought maybe they were men and were lost and needed help. So he walked up there to, you know, see if they needed help. But he saw that they weren't human, but they were three freaky creatures that were fighting with each other. The sheep herder ended up shooting one of them, killing it. The other two creatures ran away, and later the man was admitted to the hospital because he was paranoid and was babbling and talking about how the two creatures were going to come kill him since he killed one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they filmed this creature, so the creature does look more like a wild demon dog than a reptilian animal. Um, I might post the video up on the blog. Mm. Um 
So in August of 2008, in Texas, uh, police officer Brandon Rydell was patrolling a dirt road. He said, and I quote, I've been patrolling these roads for a long time and I have never seen anything like this. Officer Rydell explains that as he took a left turn, he ran into what first he thought was a dog. But then the dog turned and it looked like a sort of creature that he had never seen before. So I saw the video that was released and yeah, at first it looks like a dog, but then he turns and you just get this really unsettling feeling. Like it just, I mean, if it's, if it's a really ugly dog, then I'm sorry, (laughs) dog, I love you still. I I've seen some pretty ugly dogs. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be just a very ugly dog, Uh, but it could also be a demon dog. So it could also be a demon dog. Yeah. So, apparently the Chupacabra really likes Texas because later, in 2014, in Texas, a hunter named Arlen Parma caught what he says was a Chupacabra cub. He says that he has hunted animals with his dogs for many years and he had never seen anything like that baby Chupacabra. His wife was also interviewed and she said that when her husband called her to look at what he had caught, she told him that it looked like a baby Chupacabra. The creature had two sharp fangs and sharp claws and it matched some of the descriptions of how a chupacabra is supposed to look like and if this is a chupacabra baby then it was really cute because like i just saw it and i was like oh (laughs) so i'll I'll show you the video later yeah (laughs) okay so this one i'm very excited about because it happened seven months ago in the mexican state of coahuila which is where my family's from Uh so it happened in the area, like, around Saltillo, which is the city that my dad was born in and mm-hmm. where he lived in, and near the village where my mom was born and grew up in. So seven months ago, in the Mexican state of Coahuila, livestock producers were left in terror when 30 of their livestock were found dead with puncture wounds and absolutely drained of blood. This event was reported by a news station called Televisa Saltillo, represent. Uh, they interviewed the livestock producers, and one of them said that he believes this beast snuck into a house nearby and took shelter there, uh, because he later found a puddle of blood. They took a sample of the blood to get it tested, and the results came back revealing that the blood was not animal blood. What? I know. They went back to take another look, but the puddle was gone. There was no sign that there was blood there at all. Um, among the 30 livestock that were found dead... There were goats, sheep, chickens, and even five cats that were found completely drained of blood. Oh my god. Yeah. The workers have been setting up traps trying to find this beast, but they've had no luck. Uh, But it's also said that chupacabras are intelligent, so maybe they see your traps and know how to avoid them. Mm -hmm. And maybe the hunter that caught the baby chupacabra just caught it because it was a baby and it didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's all I have. I know it's short, but... I'm creeped out. Yeah, no, I've heard about the Chupacabra for, like, ever. And it's interesting that you said that um, they've been spotted all over the world because... Uh, Did you see one? No, I didn't. Oh. But my cousin... <laughs> my cousin <laughs> once told me the story where he was out really late with his friends and they were driving around and, like, something ran in front of their car or something like that. He's seen something. And the way he described it to me, it sounded like the Chupacabra. And, um, like... He was he was with his mom when he said that, and she was like, "Are you sure you just weren't high?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it could be. but like he's um he is, I guess um, half like Chilean or something. Yeah. So Ooh, you know, South maybe. American. And um, I was interesting. Like, Whoa, like this sounds like a chupacabra, and the fact that like you have South American roots is like yeah, kind of interesting. interesting. Um, apparently, my grandpa, so my mom's dad, who lives in the village, apparently he has seen it. 
And so I asked my dad, every time I asked my dad about like Mexican superstitions and like paranormal stuff, like he usually gives me a pretty good answer because my dad knows a lot about this stuff. And this time I said, hey, dad, do you know anything about the Chupacabra? Have you seen it? Have your friends seen it? Has your great grandfather seen him? And he said, no, but we knew this guy who had two teeth and we called him a chupacabra. Ha ha. And I was like, thanks. Yeah, thanks, dad. Thanks, <laughs> dad. Not entirely what we're looking for. Uh, but it was, I, th- I thought it was good enough yeah. to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> thanks, dad. So, yeah, your dad knew the chupacabra oh, personally. Oh, he, he was friends with him. They went drinking. Like, wow. What a lucky man. Yeah, that's that's like a once in a Never in a lifetime. Basically, experience. like, when will I be that lucky? Mm-hmm. I can't even win the lottery. Why do I want to go <laughs> drinking with the chupacabra? <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's so interesting. Like, I kind of like the fact that it's an animal and people have seen it. Like, I've always wondered that. Like, I don't, I can't come up with an explanation for like the suck and the blood out thing. Well, because it's very un common like again as i said that's not found in nature no like like bats but no way a bat could suck yeah that there's much blood oh poor bat like i'm just imagining this really fat bat afterwards <laughs> you big bat but also like how seven months ago they had like these goats and sheep and chicken and like even cats they were found dead there's no way yeah a bat could do that like to drain blood like that's not i don't i don't think that's an easy task no like, I always thought maybe the sightings, they could have been, like, um, like, sick dogs of some sort. Like, mm-hmm. you know, wolves or coyotes, whatever. Because um, if they get, like, mange or or if they're, they are sick, like, they'll look terrible, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that could possibly, like, explain the look of them. But the sucking of the blood does not make any sense at all. Yeah. I... Like, I don't want to say that I don't believe in the Chupacabra, or that mm-hmm. I do. It's something I have kind of mixed feelings about. Mm-hmm. But I can't. I have no explanation for it. No. I, like, it's not really... I don't know. I haven't seen a good explanation for it. Yeah. Yet. So, no idea. Interesting. What if it was... Also, I just... I think it's funny that one of the conspiracy theorists, or say, like, uh... Oh, it was an experiment gone wrong, but they released it anyway. <laughs> Bye, chupacabras. <laughs> or like, oh, why would the government do this? Oh, just to scare us. Like, <laughs> you know, I like, I kind of like that. Though. I mean, yeah, just like let's have some fun. Yeah. I'm sure like presidents get bored. Yeah, time to stir up scientists. Havoc. They're not evil. They're just bored. We got this cool, <laughs> cool. Thing. What do we do with it? Oh, I know. I mean, yeah, fair. If I created some cool creature, could do some cool shit, I would want people to know about it too. I mean, I guess, but that'd be in my conscience. Like, oh, I've ruined someone's livelihood. Like, I'm killing their livestock. Well, you're a much better person than I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, do you want to talk about your cryptic today? Oh, I will. First, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, our costumes. We're all, all dressed right. up. Because we're adults and didn't do a Halloween party. So well, we're having we dressed one up today. tonight. Well, <laughs> we told everyone it was board game night, but really it's our podcast launch party, podcast release party. Yeah. So we're going to make everyone celebrate with us. Yeah, in costume. Yeah. Sandy, do you want to tell them what you're wearing? Uh, I am Louise Belcher from Bob's Burgers. I was Tina for Halloween, or yeah, um, Halloween, but my sister gave me her ears. 
<laughs> Anyways, so yeah. Yeah, Sandy has this pink hat that's like we'll post a picture of it. Yeah, on the Instagram. characters, but her mom actually made it, and it's so cute. I love it so much. It's My like, mom so can nice. do anything. She can. I think she's so. Amazing. Yeah, I think she's like from the supernatural realm. <laughs> Why didn't I get any no, of powers? That's so confirmed. Oh, to- oh my god. Okay, we gotta talk about this on a later episode. My yeah. mom is psychic, okay? And she it's is. freaky. But uh, story's too long. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm dressed as Violet Incredible from The Incredibles. Um, I made my shirt at my mom's shop. And uh, yeah, I made my headband out of a t-shirt. So that was fun. But, oh, did you? Yeah. I thought you bought it. That looks good. Oh, thank you. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Anyways, I'm okay. ready. To, I forget what you're doing, but is it a lake monster? I'm scared. Now I'm scared to go near lakes. She hasn't even started. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I talk about lake monsters. Um. I feel like it's short as I scroll through like ten paragraphs of words. Well, I, I thought you were gonna say ten pages, and I'm like, well, we both have very different definitions of short. <laughs> okay. Uh. So yeah, lake monsters. Um, I'm sure you've heard of a few. Uh, Everybody's kind of heard of a lake monster before. So, lake monsters have been a common element in Highland folklore for thousands of years. Uh, Claims of kelpies, water horses, and water bulls were used to keep children away from the deep, dark lakes of Scotland. And though over time we've come to realize that these monsters perhaps don't truly exist, there is one particular monster that we just can't seem to let go of. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> Me every episode. <laughs> the Loch Ness is a large and very deep freshwater lake in Scotland. The lake is very dark and murky because of the high peat content surrounding the soil. This lake has been the place of hundreds of sightings of the Loch Ness monster, better known as Nessie. The earliest report of a monster in the vicinity of the Loch Ness Lake was in the 6th century AD. So that was about 15 or uh, 1500 years ago. Damn. There was an Irish monk named St. Columba who was staying near the lake when him and his companions ran into some residents who were burying a man near the river Ness. The people claimed that the man had been swimming in the river when he was attacked by a water beast, which mauled him and dragged him under the water. They tried to rescue him with their boat, but the man was already dead. So Columba, the saint, sent one of his friends to go swim across the river. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of Zach Baggins, how he's always to his friends like, you, go, go to that haunted room. <laughs> Oh, I hate Zach Baggins. Like, you know there's a monster in the river, so you send your friend, like, okay. Could you imagine? Hey, Shanine, can you go check to see if, I don't know, Gabby's okay? <laughs> I'm too scared to go myself, but, uh, you can go. <laughs> like, Shazna, I know we're sheep herders and our sheep are dead, but I think Chupacabra's out there. Can you go check? <laughs> okay, so, yeah. Uh, St. Columba sent one of his friends go swim across the river. The beast in the water went up to the man, but Columba was able to deter the monster by holding up a cross and telling him to back down. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Pretty much. Alright, okay, keep going. I'm okay. 
Now, stories of water monsters were quite popular in medieval folklore, so skeptics are, well, skeptical of the authenticity of the story. Yeah. Fair. Yeah, fair. (laughs) It's pretty out there. Um... And in the 1870s, there was another report from D. McKenzie of an object resembling a log or maybe an upside-down boat wriggling around and disturbing the water and then disappearing at a fast speed. Modern interest in the Loch Ness Monster came from a sighting in 1933 when George Spicer and his wife saw something crossing the road in front of their car. They described it as having a large body, uh, about 4 feet high and 20 feet long, and a long, wavy, narrow neck, slightly thicker than an elephant's trunk, and was about 12 feet long. There is no limbs, and it crawled towards the lake. This was after a road was built along the Loch Ness, and which sightings began to increase in popularity. Then there was a photograph taken by Hugh Gray in 1933, which is said to have depicted the monster. Hugh had been on a walk with his Labrador that day when he took the photo, but people believe that the photo was actually just a picture of his dog catching a stick in the lake. <laughs> um, other theories include that maybe it's an otter or a swan. Essentially, the photo was debunked as a fake. Lame. Mm-hmm. In 1934, a motorcyclist named Arthur Grant claims that he nearly hit the creature while driving at 1 a.m. He described it as having a small head attached to a long neck, and the creature had locked eyes with him before it went back into the lake. He got off his bike and ran over to see it, but by the time he got to it, it had already gone into the lake and he just seen, like, the rippling of the water. He was a veterinary student and said it was almost like a seal crossed with a plesosaur, an extinct dinosaur. Oh, okay, I was about to ask, what the hell is that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think I was, it's like plesosaur? Plesiosaur. Plesiosaur. Um, which is, yeah, it's a dinosaur, but it has been said to be extinct, you know. He created a sketch of the creature, but once exo- examined by a zoologist, it was decided that it was an otter, and the supposed large size of the creature was only an illusion from poor light conditions. Because mm. it, was, it was at night. Okay. I mean, it was 1 a.m. You'd say you're probably pretty tired at that point. I mean, so. who knows what you see at 1 a.m. Yeah. And I, like, that was... That was in 1934. Like, I don't even, I don't know if they had, like, streetlights. Probably not, because I think that's, like, a highway. <laughs> so there wasn't even, like, oh, it was, yeah, like the light of his bike. I'm surprised that he, he, he even had, like, a motorbike. I thought you were going to say, I'm surprised he even had a bike. Like, a calm motor- down. It was, it was a- only 1934. <laughs> this is a motorcyclist, so, yeah. like, your bike wouldn't even be that fast, would it? I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I think it'd be loud. Ew, yeah. <laughs> ew, ew, a loud bike. Yeah. <laughs> Now, in 1934, what has been the most popular photographed image of the Loch Ness Monster was dubbed the Surgeon's Photograph, and it was taken by Robert Kenneth Wilson. Um, He was a London uh, gynecologist. Gynecologist. Yeah. He was looking out at the lake when he seen the monster and grabbed his camera quickly, taking four photos, but only two exposures came out clearly enough. The first photo shows a small head and back, and the second, and the second one showed it was similar, but um, the creature was in a dive position. The first photo was the one that became popular, and is the one that we know today. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, like so. That's the one where it's like a 
Like, it's the lake, and there's, like, a head poking out? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, like, black and white, and you can see the water, mm-hmm. and then there's just this black silhouette. Yeah. We'll post it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, of course, skeptics try to debunk it as driftwood, or an otter, a bird, maybe even driftwood. an elephant. <laughs> All right. Where else was, would elephants be? I was, okay, when I read that, I was like, what the hell? Like, ele- elephants don't live in Scotland, <laughs> let alone in a lake. A mer-elephant. <laughs> mer-elephants. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> okay, but So, I, like, do they mean, like, a, his, like, his trunk? I think so. But don't all elephants live in Africa? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or China. Okay, right. Or India? Do they live in oh, India? Oh, yeah. They live in that area. So basically away <laughs> not, from Scotland? Not Scotland. All right. Not a literal island. Someone email us. Dylan, email us. <laughs> Where do elephants live? <laughs> not Canada either. I mean, I've never seen one, so. <laughs> maybe there are some here. <laughs> like in a zoo, maybe. Isn't there that sea creature that kind of has like a trunk like an elephant? Or is it like an extinct thing? Oh my god, did they just make that up? It's in the movie. <laughs> Someone email us. Isn't it like a... Is It's this type of seal or something. Is it elephant seal? <laughs> no, I know there's a leopard seal. Maybe it is a leopard seal. You it's know in what? Happy Feet. You know what? We'll Google it's it literally after in this Happy episode. <laughs> I think Gabby's looking it up. Oh, okay. Gabby? <laughs> Gabby's not finding anything. Oh. That thing? Yeah. Oh my god, What's it's it called? so ugly. It's almost cute. Elephant seal. Elephant. Oh, oh, you were right. Snap. And this is why you got a teaching degree. Snap, snap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, an elephant. Uh, the theory, <laughs> the theory behind the elephant is that there used to be travel in circle circuses in Scotland. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a mood. All right. <laughs> Um, yeah, there used to be travel in circuses in Scotland, and they would take the elephants to the water to wash off. Um, so and what, they just left it there? <laughs> no. Like, you take your, it's like you take your dog to the water. You take your elephant to the water. Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. <laughs> We're really getting off topic. We have people coming over in, like, 20 minutes. Oh, shit. Okay, elephants. Done. Moving on. The photographs were often cropped down to make them look smaller, so that's, like, the, I'm talking about the same photograph, so the, the black and white yeah. one. Um, but in the actual, like, uncropped version, you can see the other side of the lake, and you can tell that it's not as big as, as it looks like in the photo. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and the ripple, ripples around the monster, quotations, um, are small ones. They're not big ones, like... And maybe, like, not everybody would maybe realize that, but, like, for people that, like, see ripples, I guess, yeah. a lot, like, they can tell. Okay. Um, yeah. And in the original image, there was also this white object in the background that could have been making the ripples as well, or it could have even been towing what, like, the monster is, so it's, like, moving oh, it okay. across the lake. Um, in 1999, a book called Nessie, the Surgeon's Photograph Exposed, explained how the photo was actually taken. So apparently it was actually a toy submarine built by the son-in-law of Marmaduke Weatherall, who had been publicly ridiculed by the Daily Mail, which is a popular um, newspaper, yeah. 
after he found what was thought to be Nessie footprints, but was actually a hoax. So he decided to get his revenge and developed his own hoax with a toy submarine and wood putty. This fake Loch Ness monster still is actually still somewhere in the lake since um, they were taking the photos. They got a few photos and then they heard someone coming, so he like sunk it with his foot. <laughs> so it's actually in the lake still somewhere, huh. as long as it hasn't pulled out yet, but that's the theory. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I have a few more sightings. So, in 1954, a fishing boat called the Rival 3 caught a large object on sonar um, that was able to keep up with the pace of the vessel. In 1960, an aeronautical engineer named Tim Dinsdale had filmed an, an odd hump that moved across the water, leaving a wake. And with some lighting adjustments in the video, you could possibly see a man on a boat. But in 1993, Discovery Communications produced a documentary called Loch Ness Discovered, and they conducted digital enhancements to the film, in which they could then see a shadow that resembled the body of a creature, and it was something that they hadn't noticed before. So, like, it's kind of halfway debunked, but not quite. It's like, yeah, there's a man on a boat, maybe, but there's also something in the water. Ugh, creepy. Yeah. Um, there was another video filmed in 2007 by a 55-year-old lab technician named Gordon Holmes. It is said to be the best footage ever taken of the monster, but has been suggested to either be a otter, a seal, or a water bird as well. Another sonar image was founded in 2011, but was decided to be either a bloom of algae or a zoo, zoo plankton. It's a little planktons. <laughs> I just I thought that was funny. There was another hoax um, in 2011 by George Edwards, who had spent 26 years of his life searching for the monster on the lake. Uh, He had a boat called the Nessie Hunter, and uh, he would do, like, tourist rides. And, yeah, he, like, made up a photograph. Oh. Yeah. I still want to go. Yeah, let's do it. I'm down. Let's go. Um, There have been many hunts for the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, None of them have really found any definite proof, Um, but now scientists are going to use DNA to hunt for the Loch Ness Monster. Um, Hmm. They're going to take DNA samples from the lake to determine if there really is a creature lurching beneath the surface. Results are expected to be revealed come this upcoming January, and you may wonder what would happen if the Loch Ness Monster was ever found. What would happen? (laughs) I'd never go into a lake again. (laughs) Um, the Scottish Natural Heritage is, uh, they got that covered with a partly serious, oh. partly fun code of practice they developed in 2001. Ooh, and if they were to find a monster or a creature that, or whatever Nessie may be, they would take a DNA sample and then release it back into the lake. But, of course, like, if Nessie was actually found, like, this was kind of a joke that they made up. But if Nessie really was found, they'd have to uh, change the plan a little bit and take into consideration, like, the locals and... You know, there's a there's a lot that would have to be thought yeah. about. I'm just imagining like a lot of animal rights activists like yeah. really wanting to have a say in what happens to oh Nessie my God, if they it'll found be it. Like, it's gonna be like Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like the Loch Ness monster hasn't done anything as of yet. No, so, like, there's not really any deaths or anything involved. Yeah. It's not like the chupacabra killing everybody's. Yeah, like, but even then, did the chupacabra kill any people? No, no. Like it doesn't like people. It likes animal blood. So yeah, I mean, I think the reason people are angry and like I'd be angry too. It's like, hey, they're killing my livelihood. I yeah. make money with this cattle and these sheep, which makes sense. I'd be yeah. mad too. Like this, I'll make my living. Yeah. 
Exactly. Um, but yeah, there's, I mean, I guess Nessie eats fish, but that's probably all. <laughs> Um, okay, so, yeah, that's the Loch Ness Monster. There's been no, like, definite proof found, but I don't know. I think it's possibly plausible, but that's just because I'll talk a little later about my kind of own background with lake monsters. So, another popular lake monster, but a bit closer to home, is the Ogopogo found in British Columbia's Okanagan Lake, which I've actually been there. Oh, nice. Yeah. I I didn't see a monster, but... But um, maybe next time. Yeah, maybe. So original alleged sightings come from the 19th century by the First Nations people in the area. The most common description of the Ogopogo is a 40 to 50 feet long serpent, perhaps resembling the extinct Basilosaurus or the Mosasaurus. So Mm. dinosaurs again. I love dinosaurs. Me too. So in 1946, there was a sighting and it was a pretty big one. So... It was claimed to have occurred at the Okanagan Mission Beach, where 30 cars of people claimed to have seen the same thing. So they just, you know, seen a giant creature in the water. But 30 cars, like, that's a lot of people. Uh, There was a video in 1968 that showed a large wake moving across the water in which a computer analysis did determine that the object in the video was a three-dimensional object. Hmm. And the most recent sight was actually this last September in 2018 where three people have described a giant snake of about 49 feet long in the lake. Oh, God. Yeah, that is big. I mean, I guess if I knew they wouldn't, like, eat me, I'd be okay. But but I don't know. What if they do eat me? I'm just over five feet tall. Like, could you imagine something 49 feet long? Like, like, that's like 10 of me. Could you imagine 10 of me? (laughs) I can't. (laughs) I don't even want to. (laughs) So finally, a lake monster that hits a ride at home for myself. The Turtle Lake Monster is a supposed monster found in Turtle Lake, Saskatchewan. I can't even say my own province right. I mean, okay. <laughs> this is the lake that I grew up going to for years, and I heard about the Turtle Lake Monster my entire life. Uh, you would expect the Turtle Lake Monster to perhaps take the appearance of a giant turtle, but instead people claim that it's about 10 to... 30 feet long serpent-like creature with or without a dorsal fin smooth or scaly (laughs) no one can make up their mind (laughs) and a head resembling either a dog a seahorse or a pig build your own lake monster monster. okay that's the name of the episode Legend dates back to before colonization, where the First Nations people claimed that anyone who ventured into the, ter- into the territory of the Turtle Lake Monster were never seen again. Damn. Yearly, there's been at least one witness of a scaly large creature in the water. The most popular explanation for this obscure creature in the lake is that of a giant sturgeon that may have swam upriver into the large body of water where it now lives. They can live up to 65 years old and grow up to 12 feet in length, so it could just be a giant fish, which... I mean, that's still terrifying. Yeah, I swim in that lake. Let's go swimming in the lake. It's a deep lake too. Like, it gets pretty deep. I mean, and it's freaking cold. I've been like wanting to go to your lake with you anyway. Yeah, you've been. You're supposed to come up like forever ago. I know. Like, I've known you for like ten years. Actually. Yeah, I was gonna say like ten years ago I was supposed to go. Okay, <laughs> this next coming summer. 
Yeah, because you can come up in the winter, but there's nothing to do. It's too cold. Yeah, I can't go looking for a lake monster in the winter. No. I mean, we go ice fishing, and that's fun, but you can't really find a lake monster ice fishing. Just not. Hello? Hello? <laughs> okay, yeah. Next summer. Um, another theory comes from a local teacher who says that millions of years ago, Saskatchewan was covered by a sea... In the body of water lived various dinosaurs, including the plesiosaur, so the same one that people think the Loch Ness Monster is, Mm. and that perhaps a few of these dinos adapted to survive in the depths of the lake. Interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, I think I mentioned it earlier, but um, the Loch Ness Monster was um, kind of a legend, a folklore, for people to stop their children from going into like the big lakes in Scotland. So I I like I kinda think either the, the First Nations, um, what they like they probably told their children some of the fame. Yeah, I know there's probably. there's other stories in their uh culture and beliefs and stuff where it's it's similar where you tell your kids like this monster that lives out near this area and you like don't go there. But it really it was it was a story they told them to like get them to not get into j- danger, right? And yeah water is very dangerous like large bodies of mm-hmm. water like if you don't know how to swim or you can get caught in the weeds like the weeds are really long especially at my lake like they can come up and grab you and you can't oh, get out God. i know it's like it's not literally like they're live grabbing you but it's like that you know of yeah that you know of. <laughs> <laughs> but they just get tangled in your feet and then like you obviously can't breathe if you're underwater and like you know, bad things happen. and Maybe that's how it gets you. Like, it's crazy. My lake has definitely claimed a few lives. Oh, um, normally, yeah. like, boat in accidents. Yeah. But still, it's it's pretty freaky. So I could see that it's coming from, like, a legend of, like, warning people about the lake. Yeah. I think, like, I honestly do think a lot of these kinds of things do come from that. But then people take it a bit too literally. Because, <laughs> like, like they don't understand the context of the story, maybe. Yeah. But, no, it's so interesting. Like, I used to joke and say that um, I was friends with the, the Turtle Lake Monster and that he would call me on his shell phone. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was Lake Monsters. Um, I've always loved stories of Lake Monsters because, you know, they hit close to home for me. There's one in my very own where I grew up swimming all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, that was a fun episode. Yeah. Let us know if you listen. Yeah, we'll give you a shout out. Also, like, email us or message us, like, personal stories. We may or may not talk about them on the podcast. We'll see, but we'll definitely read them. Yeah, I think if we get enough of them, we could definitely do, like, a story from other people, of course. Yeah. Or even if you have suggestions, like... Yeah, for future episodes. (laughs) I'm a white Canadian girl. I don't know a lot about the world, so... (laughs) All right. I need more ideas. (laughs) I'm a Mexican-American Canadian girl, but I still don't know much about the world either, so... I'd love to do some, like, myths from, like, I don't know, Asia. I know they have some, like, super cool stuff. Oh, yeah. Anywhere, really. Send me some from Spain. I don't know that part of my heritage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or just, I don't know. We like whatever you stuff, want. Spooky things, things that make us like not want to sleep at night. So, give us insomnia, please. Yeah, we want to hear from you. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Woods Podcast, or Twitter at Woods Podcast. Email us at the Woods Podcast at gmail.com. and our website that I always forget. 
thewoodspodcast.home.blog. Thank you. We'd like to thank Jason Shaw for our theme, Running Waters. Have a good night or day. I don't know. It's night right now. So have a good night. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. Yeah. um, Be careful when you go swimming. Yeah. Bye. (laughs) Bye.